You're listening to the Pizza Marketplace Podcast. As business leaders look for ways to improve productivity and profitability, they're increasingly turning to innovative automation and self-service technologies. But keeping up with the rapid pace of new innovations can be overwhelming. Now there's a website to help you do just that. From the publishers of Kiosk Marketplace, Vending Times, and Digital Signage Today, Automation and Self-Service covers trends in artificial intelligence, robotics, kiosks, payments, and much more. Visit the site today and subscribe at www.automationandselfservice.com. Welcome to the Pizza Marketplace podcast, where we look at pizza from a different point of view. I'm Mandy Detweiler, editor of Pizza Marketplace. I'm here today with Andrew Scudera, owner at the original Goodfellas Brick Oven Pizza in Staten Island, New York. Andrew, you're also a master instructor and owner of the Goodfellas Pizza School of New York. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, We started the school about 14 years ago, and we take a one-on-one approach. So we only take one uh, concept or one person a week and kind of mold the course around their concept and what they're trying to do in the pizza world and where they're from. That's a really one-on-one kind of attention that you're giving them. 100%. And they need it because most of these people are 100% invested already and they're about to open. And a lot of them are green and have never been in a game. Wow. Um, So to put an apron on them and show them from scratch how to do everything and then plug them into that live environment it's like a little bit of a head start for them to see what they're getting themselves into and as well as, you know, teach them a great product that they can use and, uh, and grow it. So. Okay. Awesome. Right. We just, I finished a class yesterday with a gentleman from England. Oh, wow. So, and he was probably our third student uh, from England. So we get people from all over the world. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's cool. So we're talking today about creativity and customization in pizzas. If if there's one thing that we say, it's that pizza is really a blank canvas. Absolutely. You can create anything you want, put all different types of toppings on there. How do you approach the creative process when designing new pizza toppings or combinations? You know, you got to look for inspiration and you have to play around, you know, constantly and uh, just try to be as creative as you can every day. Uh, sometimes, you know, we've created um, certain pizzas because of, uh, like, say, the San Gennaro Feast um, in Manhattan, which is going on now. Or uh, sometimes just a song uh, can spark some kind of crazy idea and creativity. So, you know, just have to you have to play around with it on a daily basis and just kind of keep that creative juice flowing or else you can get stale real easy, you know. What are some unique and unexpected ingredient combinations that you've experimented with on pizzas today? Yeah, I mean, the one I had the most fun with, and I actually won the Pizza Expo out there, was with a tequila pizza. Oh, wow. What what did it have on it? So we did um, a tequila lime cream sauce with shrimp and lobster, and we finished it off with like a mango salsa. That sounds uh, amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. So what role does customer feedback play in inspiring new pizza creations at your pizzeria? Do you ever, you know, talk to other customers and ask them what they're looking for, what they like? Most of I mean, every day, literally, we'll sample stuff out as they're having their own dinner. So we'll just walk up and say, hey, we're playing around with this idea. And we made you a little slice if you want to try it. And just give us some cool feedback, even if it's negative. You know, as much feedback as you can. Let us know what you think. That's awesome. Take, 
Yeah, you take that feedback and either run with it or you go back to the drawing board and try something different. How do you strike a balance between offering traditional pizza options? I mean, obviously, pepperoni is going to be king anywhere you go. And creating these more innovative, customized choices on your menu. How do you kind of balance that? I think the customer kind of kind of knows what they're coming in for. We have people that are very traditional and they don't really want to play around with any of the wacky stuff. Um, so they'll just come in and get like your fresh mozzarella margarita style pizza or maybe just get a topping or two. And then you have people that are very adventurous and uh, we market a lot of um, our different pies, you know, constantly. So someone may see something on social media and say, hey, I saw this online. I wanted to come and try it out. You know, tell me about it. And they'll go that route, you know. Even if we have some people that will just do individuals and get a wide array of uh, more non-traditional pies so they can kind of sample everything out. So what's your favorite pizza creation that you've come up with? I don't know if I have a favorite. I love them all. <laughs> the teal is my favorite. That was my baby. Um, but we have, you know, Vodka Pie made us famous 30 years ago. Um, that won two national contests the first two years we were open. So that one's... That's like our ringer, you know. That's what we're famous for here on Staten Island. We have uh, a smoked mozzarella pizza with a roasted pepper cream sauce and sauce and peppers. That's San Gennaro feast uh, pizza that was inspired from that from that traditional feast that we went to. And then we have a little something for everybody. You know, you got some some cool white pies on there, some seafood pies on there. You know, some wild porcini mushroom pizzas. I mean, some wacky vegetable pies too. Like really cool artisan stuff so you know a little something for everybody on there when you've got these non-traditional ingredients do you worry about spoilage or you know those toppings going bad or do they just sell so well that you you only buy what you need yeah the ones that sell well you know we're not too concerned about the seafood pies we do it to water like i won't prep it and let it sit on the line if i get a seafood pie we'll saute what we need to bring it up to the line and build it out you know, so maybe it takes an extra two or three minutes. The oven that we use from New York Brick Oven Company, it's a wood gas combo rotating oven. And we cook high temp. So once a pie hits the floor, it's out in less than three minutes. So we got some wiggle room to do things from scratch um, if it's uh, something with a short shelf life. Are there any regional or cultural influences that inspire your pizza customization options? Obviously, they're in, in you know, in Staten Island, you've got a lot of inspiration. Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, it's a little bit of a melting pot out here. But beyond that, we have students coming from all over the world. I mean, the example, we had at least six or seven students from China. So wow. we'll hop in the car and we'll go to like a really authentic Chinese market. And we'll go shopping with them and buy a whole bunch of crazy stuff, stuff, some stuff I've never seen in my life. And then we'll come back to the shop and start building out more traditional dishes where they're from. So we get a lot of great ideas from that, too. That's a great idea. You know, yeah. getting that, that local flavor wherever your students are coming from. Yeah, I mean, the guy that came yesterday from England brought me a block of cheddar from cheddar that they ferment in caves. So like we were playing with that all week with him too, because he obviously wants to incorporate a little bit of that into some, you know, on his menu when he goes back home. How did that cheese melt? It was cool. Was it? Yeah. It's not like American cheddar, you know, it's very unique. How did it differ? 
How did it differ? It's definitely not the same color as, I guess, your traditional cheddars that you'll see here. It's a little bit on the lighter side. It was definitely creamy as can be. Okay. And we processed it a few different ways so he can, you know, see what he likes. Like we shredded some, we cubed some, we sliced them out. And that changes the way it looks and the way it tastes too. Right. You know, how you're putting it on. So, How do you source and select um, high quality ingredients? If we're looking for something particular, I mean, the power of the internet today is insane. So you can get any kind of info you'd like. And we're fortunate enough to be in this crazy big city over here. So it's really easy to find anything you want. And you can kind of just go online and see who does it well reach out and source your ingredients that way. How do you how do you keep costs down when you're buying these non-traditional ingredients like lobster or you know mm -hmm. oysters? How do you keep the cost down on the pizza? And we just charge correct for it. You know, okay. it just is what it is. I mean, I try to have like a golden rule, try to stay within a certain range for food costs. If I'm going to use something that's going to really, you know, throw it a little higher, then I'll just charge for it. And I won't use anything that I'm going to charge like some ridiculous amount for. I'm not going to sell a $50 pizza. You know what I'm saying? Right. What about these um, these vegan cheeses and um, all of the different vegan options, vegetarian options, um, gluten-free? How do you accommodate these dietary restrictions and preferences when customizing pizzas for your customers? Yeah, we bring all that in. I mean... When gluten-free first came on the scene, I felt like people really didn't want to uh, didn't really want to play with it much. But there's a huge market for it. And we played around with a wide variety of gluten-frees, found one that our customers really loved and, and went with that. The vegan thing, I was a little like, ah, I'm not going to do that. And then we had a pizzeria out here that wound up closing. And, you know, they posted it on our local news, social media, and all the commentary was, oh man, this was like the only place that did vegan. And it was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of comments. So that was really the catalyst for us to start bringing in some vegan cheeses and playing with that. Again, that grew just as wide as as the gluten-free options. Do you so, offer um, vegan pepperoni or sausage or anything like that? Or is it just cheese? That route, yeah, just cheese. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I didn't go down the protein route with the vegan thing yet. Yet. Yeah, but as this, as the demand for it grows now that we've been doing it for a little while, right? People start pushing that button. Like I'll bring it in, and uh, and sample it out and see how they like it. So at Goodfellas, what are some of the unusual or lesser known toppings or ingredients that customers can um, request on their pizza? Oh sure, guanciale uh, is one of them. Um, that's a, almost like a pancetta. It's the the cheek of the pig. It's really cool. Long hops, you know, those long hot peppers. We do an appetizer with them, but we offer it as a topping on pizza with like a nice hot honey and a super sod. So, you know, it's one with a kick. It's not something you see often, but you're starting to see it make a little bit of a comeback. Uh, what else is pretty wild? I mean, you know, the clam pie is amazing. We only use fresh clams, saute them with like garlic and butter and and do a beautiful clam pie, which is super cool. Nothing canned, you know, so it's like really fresh and really authentic. Uh, what else? I'm just... And then, you know, most most of it's traditional. But we're seeing a lot with uh, like the spicy stuff. 
So a lot of cherry peppers, buffalo chicken pizzas, and, and all that fun stuff, too. Buffalo chicken's my favorite. Yeah, we do a nice one, man. What do you put on it? What's on yours? The trick is, for us, we were always big on cream sauces. So like most buffalo chicken pies are like greasy and oily because they're using just the straight Frank's Red Hot or whatever their favorite hot sauce is. We blend it with heavy cream. Heavy so, cream. That's smart. Yeah. So yeah. it's a buffalo cream sauce. You get the same exact flavor, but it's beautiful because it, it's dairy based. So it works with the cheese and kind of all stays there. and It's not a mess. You know, it's just nicely balanced and beautiful. Sure. And then we do, um, we make a bruschetta that we add to that as a finish with like a crumble blue cheese. So it's like this beautiful light orange color, and this reds, and pink from the tomato. It's really cool looking. Beautiful. That sounds really pretty. And then we only That's use good. chicken. We only use tenderloin too for that. So we got like the softest chicken that you can and it like melts in your mouth. It's beautiful. What are you all making in house? Obviously you're making your dough every day. Yeah, we do everything from scratch. I make my own pasta. I have a pasta machine running back there all day long. We bake all our own breads. So all our sandwiches, our croutons for the salads are all with the bread that we bake in-house. We have people that come in all day long and just buy loaves of bread. Yeah, you because know, they love it. It's really cool. And, uh, you know, we just kind of do it all from scratch. I really don't bring anything in that's pre-done. The only thing that I'm bringing in that's pre-done is... Um, it's like a cauliflower crust with gluten-free. Right. Other than that, it's all scratch. And then we have a pretty pretty big menu of, you know, balanced, but we have the fresh pastas, we have a few entrees, and then we have a ton of steaks that we do right in the wood-fired oven. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, filet mignon, New York strip, porterhouse for two, 42 ounce. Wow. Sliced off the bone. Yeah, really cool. So you, when you're talking about the cauliflower crust. Um, what what pizza dough variations are you experimenting with? What different types of pizza dough do you have on your menu? We use one traditional dough, and that bakes everything for us. You know, we do experiment and play around and make some other like wild types of breads. Right now, I'm doing a lot of fruit fermentation and water, and replacing my yeast with um, fermented water. To oh get wow. The- so we're getting some pretty crazy flavors with all that. And what, uh, what does that do to the dough? What kind of flavors does it impart? Uh, yeah, you definitely get, you def- I'm using green apple right now. I've used apricots in the past, cherries in the past. You, It's just a different bake. It's a different animal. I mean, it really is. It's light, airy. There's definitely some flavor that is uh, unique. Uh, to using fermented fruit water, that's for sure. Okay. But yeah, it's been a fun. We're just we're experimenting all the time with this stuff. What's yeah. the trick to make to making sure that these customized pizzas not only taste good but also look appealing and are visually enticing? Again, when we're playing around and sampling out, we'll go for flavor first, and then we'll go for look second. So once we figure out the flavor, then we try to you know, give it that wow factor on, on, on the presentation. And it's all customer feedback, staff feedback, and then just our own, you know, our own input on it as well. What about seasonal pizzas? Are you doing any of those? Yeah, we have seasonal pies. Okay. You know, for the holidays, we'll do bring us um, a seafood pizza that we won the Expo with back in 2009. We only run that November and December. Right now we're into like all the pumpkin-y stuff that's going on. 
So we have a butternut squash pizza and roasted beets and all this, like, you know, kind of like really colorful, beautiful fall stuff. Right. We'll only for October. And then I'm trying to think. If we have, those are the two right off the top of my head. I'm trying to think if we'll probably introduce some more, you know, as we go along. Sure. Well, how do you encourage customers to explore their creativity um, when customizing their pizzas? Do you have any tips um, for other pizzerias who are looking to design their own non-traditional pizzas? What would you say to them? Sample sample everything you make out to them. Like, if they're not going to order it, give it to them and let them try it. If they fall in love with it, they're going to not only order it again, but they'll probably tell everybody else that they had something really unique and really cool that they can't get you know, at the average pizza shop. Sure. Really the best way to do it. You know, when we first opened and we were doing, we were the first wood-fired brick oven pizzeria in Staten Island 30 years ago. So when people saw what our pies looked like, they're not traditional looking at all, even just the plain pie, they wouldn't eat it. You know, they kind of look at it funny. And uh, like, listen, try it. And if you don't like it, it's on me. And the minute they, you know, had that first slice, it was like, they did all the marketing for you, you know, because, and that's my approach to even creating some of the non-traditional pies. Like when people hear about it, I want them to be like, I don't know about that. And then I want them to try it. So they're blown away because they kind of like, they were wrong at first, you know what I'm saying? And then right. if it looks just as good as it tastes, like it's a home run. So if you can kind of like give something to somebody where they're kind of like hesitant, and it winds up being one of the greatest things they ever ate. Like you created a, like a memory in their brain that it's not going to go away easily. And then they go out there and they chatter about it. You know what I'm saying? Which is exactly what you want. Well, great. Thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, please. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. It was so good to see you. That'll do it for this episode of the Pizza Marketplace podcast. And we'll catch you next time.